This episode was recorded in 2019. Welcome to Getting to 5050, brought to you by Pratima Rao Gluckman. Each episode, we bring a thought leader who discusses the changes we can all make to help bridge the gender gap at the very top. Today, we have around 5% of women running Fortune 500 companies. How can we get to 50% so that we have diversity of thought and opinion that is so critical to the success of organizations and humanity in general? Welcome to Getting to 5050 podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of having Pierre Vanier, who is a 42-year-old software engineer who turned entrepreneur a few months ago. He graduated with a master in computer science and has a pretty unconventional path. Among his professional experiences, he was the director of Epitech, a famous French CS higher education school in 2015-2016. He worked for a startup in San Francisco as a software engineer. Today, he's back in France, and in 2016, he was hired as a director of a tech consulting company in Montpellier, where he managed up to 60 engineers and a staff of 10. He recently founded Flint, a disruptive tech consulting company which aims at creating a thriving community of tech engineers worldwide, starting in Montpellier, France this year. Piers preoccupied by the lack of diversity and inclusion within the tech industry and has decided to act. One of the reasons I've had I have Pierre on my podcast today is he's been an advocate for me and has supported me on my journey. And he just connected me over LinkedIn with me over LinkedIn and reached out to me. So it's such a pleasure to have you today, Pierre. Yeah, thank you very much, Fatima. It's uh, it's uh, as well. It's a very great pleasure to to be on your podcast and uh, be able to to discuss with you. Thank you for having me. So from reading your, uh, you know, just just looking at your profile and how you've advocated for me itself, you are definitely a good ally for women. So what aspects of your formative years gave you that perspective and respect that you have for women? Well, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I think it, it, it has nothing to, to, to deal with my formative years. Um, I realized it was more, more of, a, a more of a, an awakening, in fact. Uh, recently, as you told, as you mentioned in my bio, I, I, uh, I created a new company, uh, uh, which is a tech consulting company. And obviously, I, I had to ask myself the question about what do I want uh, as company values or company culture? Uh, what does it mean to work in a tech consulting company? What does it mean to hire software engineers and et cetera, et cetera? And also, Parallelly, I, I've been reading a lot, like uh, the books of uh, Yuval Noah Harari, like Sapiens or, or Homo Deus. And um, obviously, I, I also read your, your book, Nevertheless, She Persisted. Uh, so it was a kind of different uh, things happening in my life that made me realize uh, at some point that uh, it became quite obvious that my own perception of the reality, uh, professional reality, uh, creating my company, being surrounded uh, with great women, and 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 kept like seeing every obstacles they they had to tackle with. Uh, I, I really realized that my reality was biased and and wrong, and uh, I, I thought to myself that I really need I really needed to act, and not just talk or think or read 
read books. It's it's really cool, but uh, really to to be an advocate or, uh, and to be an ally to women because uh, I think we really need more women in our industry. And and it's not just a question of performance or or, or trendiness of the subject. It's because uh, we are going to have algorithms, AI, and all that stuff created by basically white main men. And, and, and we need more women to be able to build a sustainable society within the next 20 to 30 years. So basically, it's, it's, it's what I, uh, I wanted to do, uh, uh, becoming an ally. So that's amazing. I want to ask uh, another question about just uh, culture, right? I was yeah. born and raised in India and, you know, the culture there is, uh, I can't say because I was raised very differently and I saw a very different worldview uh, in my circle and my family, women were encouraged. But if you look, you know, women don't do that well in India and, uh, you know, we, we, we put a lot of emphasis on education. We have uh, 50-50, in fact, going to, you know, male uh, men Uh, women ratio in computer science or STEM education. But we don't see a lot of women leaders. So what is the culture in France? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's very interesting to me to understand that's, the culture. That's a very good, that's a very good point. Uh, you may imagine that uh, France or Europe are like uh, very progressive in a sense. Like, uh, but in effect, we are, of, we are very conservative. Uh, we have, we still have this uh, um, this scenario where, uh, if you have, a, for instance, if you have a, a son and a daughter, uh, still in France, the son is uh, is pushed towards uh, doing great studies, and and the young the young the young the young girl is is just like uh, not pushed the same way. Uh, we still have. A, We, we don't have 50-50 uh, in computer science higher education. Um, it may be like more between 15 to 25%, which is really bad, which is really, really bad. And as a consulting, as a leader of a consulting, uh, tech consulting company, I do have uh, to hire software engineers. And I really struggle with finding software engineers who are women. It's really difficult. Not because I don't want to hire them. It's because there are definitely less women than men in this field, in this industry. So back to your question. I really think we are in France. Uh, we are an old country. Uh, we may seem very humanist and progressist with, uh, with values like uh, equality of rights, equality when, you, when you're born, you're equal between women and men, et cetera, et cetera. But that is theory. In practice, it is very different. Uh, I can see, I can still see the bias in the management, in the in in the professional experience that every woman is really struggling to to reach uh, to reach higher management and and see XX position and having those glass ceilings or glass uh, cliff, as you said in your book, you mentioned in your book. So. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that in in a sense, on some point in India, you may be more advanced in terms of uh, culture, in terms of educate, educating young women. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's still very difficult in France for women to succeed in, a, in professional life, 
I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, in India, it's a different story. We're very highly educated so we can get married off because <laughs> no one's going to marry us if we don't have education and we're not smart or we're not book smart. So a lot of parents push their daughters to get really good education so they can put that, uh, you know, we actually have resumes to get married. It's, it's, it's funny, but, um, you know, you just have a resume which says, you know, you're highly qualified and that way, you know, the guy doesn't have to, you know, you could kind of negotiate the dowry. So it's used in yeah. very different ways, uh, which is pretty yeah, messed yeah. up and screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. It's very, di it's very different. I mean, uh, 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 your society in India is very different from France. Uh, but we still have uh, inheritance from our past, which is still very, how do you say, patriarchal. Yeah, you know, with like men and men are pushed up from to the study and men should bring money. And it's just like in 1968 that we had the riots in front that uh, people uh, with the sexual revolution, et cetera, et cetera. We had Simone Veil, we have uh, Mrs. Badanser, which uh, those women uh, pledged for uh, rights for women and equal rights for women and those feminist movements, uh, which are still very present in France. But uh, now there is, a, there is a, a gap between this old way of thinking, feminism, which was very activist, and the new way of thinking, uh, maybe to to pass this thing more softly, so that it it's not it's it, it, I mean, it's not um, you know a, a struggle or uh, um, we really need to to think about what is the best way to make women succeed in professional life and succeed in their life. Uh, also, because I think uh, in the further question, you're, you're addressing the, the problems of housework, for instance. Yes. Uh, so let me tell you that in France, also housework is, is still a problem uh, between men and women. Um, so in a sense, we are not as uh, progressive and as um, uh, equal rights for women and, and men, uh, as you may think, as you may think. Yeah, and you know, you had a good point about going back to childhood. You talked about, you know, if you have a boy and a girl, the, the boys are pushed in your culture, the girls aren't, which is different in my culture. But uh, what happens also with that is when we raise our boys uh, to be brave and our girls to be perfect and finally having them, you know, be destined to get married is that we build a lot of insecurities in the, in the women. And uh, the, sometimes... I, the two things that I feel that really prevents women from succeeding is the imposter syndrome and not having enough sponsors in the workplace. So I want to talk about imposter syndrome first is yeah. it's so tied to women and it's very rare to hear from men that they have imposter syndrome. So I'm curious to know if you have some form of imposter syndrome and if you do, what do you tell yourself to keep moving forward? That's a very good point. Imposter syndrome. Uh, so uh, First of all, I, I want to tell you a little secret. I mean, um, uh, probably 100% of men do have an imposter syndrome. Every time they change from role to role in, within their professional experiences, every time they go out from their comfort zone, they, they, they have the imposter syndrome. They have this anxiety and maybe panic attacks that, you, that one can have uh, when they are out of their comfort zone. Uh, but the thing is that 
it is also strong it is also strongly anchored into men's what a, what a man should uh, should uh, show to the society and to the world a man should be strong so as well as a man shouldn't men shouldn't cry in public men shouldn't be able or shouldn't you know admit that they do have the imposter syndrome men should be strong men should be comfortable every time so but yeah, i think it's really it's really a matter of uh, it's really false uh, it's really full of bullshit sorry to tell that but uh, you should be men should be humble enough to dare to admit that they have the imposter syndrome I, I did have I did have the imposter syndrome many times in my life. I, I still have the imposter syndrome when I when I when I'm creating my company. Well, you know, being in front of uh, what a CEO um, should have to manage on a daily basis, so that you know your company is not falling, uh, but just keep growing and keep keep hiring and keep uh, satisfying their clients, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Facing new um, new, never seen situation, and having to take the best decision within a given time frame. So every time I do have the imposter syndrome. So now the question is: um, now that you know that 100% of men have the imposter syndrome, the question is: how do you deal with that? Uh, first of all, as I told you, I think that um, it's a question of humility, uh, of being humble uh, with yourself. Uh, being able to see what 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 is scaring you, what is freaking you out, I mean, uh, to clearly identify the 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 item in which you are not comfortable with, because every time is most of all the 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 um, it's a question of being comfortable with something, and 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 you have to clearly identify which items and which matters and subjects. You're not comfortable with, and I, I really enjoyed uh, um, um, an extract from your book. It was one of the of the woman of the CXX woman who, who was uh, she was like uh, explaining about this syndrome, imposter syndrome, and she 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 said uh, whenever I am uh, I feel this imposter syndrome, it's just like it's really good in fact because it means that I'm learning. Because it means that I'm getting out of my comfort zone. So um, you have to embrace this imposter syndrome and do to deal with it. Uh, just like um, a climber has to embrace the, 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 the fears of falling from a cliff. You have to deal with it because it's, it's our job. Uh, because whenever you, every time you face imposter syndrome, it means that, that you're, you're growing, you're learning, you're getting getting out of your comfort zone so that is how i deal with it um and and maybe the, the the last step is maybe to help others to struggle with their own imposter syndrome um when you see a colleague whether it's a woman or a man and they are like taking with anxiety and like being very stressed you you really need to maybe to try to coach those those people and to try to sit down to a meeting and, and clearly identify which uh, zone, which area, which matters uh, they're not comfortable with and try maybe to, to get a training, to get a, to get a training period or, or, or to find to help them or to delegate or whatever a management hack you can do so that they can overcome the, the imposter syndrome and feel better with that. Okay.
yeah. that's how I deal with it. It's very cool and also encouraging and supporting um, people who have that imposter syndrome because uh, I have this example, especially this week, I met this young woman in her 20s and she's doing all these amazing things, things that I'm doing right now in my 40s. <laughs> I'm like a late bloomer. And okay. just talking to her, like she started this Facebook group. She's thinking of a next book. She's uh, studying neuroscience. She literally wants to change the world. And she's in her 20s. <clears throat> and I want to change the world. And I just started, right? Just last year when I published the book, it's now I'm, mm -hmm. I've gotten crazy where I want to change the world. And she's in her 20s, you know, and she was saying, oh, but I don't know if I should do it. I don't know if I, I can do it. And she had all this, these feelings and misgivings about herself and just spending like half an hour having coffee with her. She walked away saying, oh, now I feel inspired. I feel like I want to go off and change the world and I want to do it. So even intervening, I think, is so powerful. Uh, I think, it's, positive uh, I think it's, you're, you're playing your role of, uh, of mantle, in fact, because uh, it, it's what it is about, uh, mentoring. It's, it's just like coaching uh, people you you really you really you're confident with and 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 you really find those talents and they really need to be um, catalyzed and you 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 need to help them become what they they should be what they could be what they ought to be uh, and to I, I, we we are we should be as mentor uh, maybe but. Uh, I, I, I don't consider myself as a mentor, but I would like to be a mentor. But I think we, our role is to um, to help people to overcome their own fears and to learn and to get better and better. And and as as maybe we already encountered those those syndrome and those obstacles and barriers, and we we did uh, learn how to overcome them. Uh, we 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 may have to transmit. This information to others so that they can really succeed, and and, and that's uh, I think you you feel great you feel you feel better when you share uh, with people uh, what you've learned. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about unconscious bias. <clears throat> you know, we have stereotypes, we have biases, and all genders are socialized into unconscious behavior, and I think that's really holding women back. And so I'm curious to hear your perspective, like what happens to men in their formative years and, uh, you know, in, in the way they're socialized to exclude women from leadership. And how do you think we should raise our boys so we don't have to have this conversation 50 years from now? Um, well, it's I think, to be honest, I will take my own my own case. Uh, before reading your book, I was completely unaware of, uh, of, of my of the of whatever biases. Uh, was you know um, it was a complete mystery uh, and uh, as the 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 working I was uh, talking about a few minutes ago uh, was taking place into my into my thoughts and my brain um, I, I became more and more aware of we are encountering biases every time um, I can I can I can show you some. Some example, uh, one of my consultants, a very talented woman, uh, she gave a speak uh, 10 days ago to, um, to a Google, um, a kind of, a, we have what they call Atelier Numérique in Montpellier, which is a, a Google place um, to share 
digital practice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they they also receive people uh, to talk about digital and talk about their their job in digital, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So my consultant she gave a talk, and the talk title was "Path of a Woman as a Project Manager in Digital," and the result was there were absolutely absolutely no men in the audience. And she told me, look, look at that here. Maybe if I if I change the title to pass of a digital project manager, we we would have more men in the audience. Mm. And we're going to do the test, but it's it's obvious that when you're a man, you see this title and you say, Oh, well, it's just a woman talking about a woman past and and what what an, as an experience she may have lived. Uh, as as uh, as a project manager in digital, so it's a woman event or it's a woman talk. So whenever you do events about uh, talking about women, etc., when you put in the title "woman," you are removing probably ninety percent of the men that would have pretended to go to this event without the word "event," without the word "woman" in the title. That is. One bias, one bias in 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 a lot of biases. So, to answer your question about how we should or we could um, um, maybe raise our voice, uh, our sound, uh, so that we don't need to have this conversation 50 years from now, uh, I really think that we should uh, teach and learn uh, more soft skills. Uh, when I think about soft skills, I'm thinking about empathy, uh, teaching empathy, tolerance, and open-mindedness to both women, to both young girls and young boys. Uh, the, the younger the, is the better, in my opinion, would probably lead to a society which would be more inclusive and more um, equal in terms of uh, in terms of, of taking care of. Uh, whatever the gender, because gender is not a problem, because we are also thinking about, generally speaking, about about blacks, about uh, whites, about Asian people, about whatever. It's not just a question of gender. It's also a question of diversity in a more general way to be able to um, to be empathetic and to be more tolerant and open-minded to uh, your to the people you you encounter and you talk with. I think it's uh, it's really important. I think uh, we 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 don't emphasize uh, enough on teaching soft skills uh, from the very beginning. We teach art skills, we teach geometry, mathematics, uh, we teach uh, we teach uh, history, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we don't teach the 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 soft skills. And for a better society, a more equal society, we really need more soft skills. I can I can tell you that because. Uh, when hiring people, when hiring software engineers for uh, for working into my firm, um, I really pay attention to soft skills, maybe for 60% and hard skills for 40%. Because you you can always learn technical stuff. You can always learn uh, the new language, and your programming language, and your whatever methodology, or, or et cetera, et cetera. But learning soft skills, it's very difficult. And you really need to be into learning soft skills from the very beginning of your life when you're a child. That is my opinion, in fact. I don't know what, you, what you're thinking about that. 
No, you're absolutely right. I think uh, I, I find that a lot of successful people have uh, amazing soft skills. They build great networks. Um, they're extroverted. Not, well, I shouldn't say extroverted, but they're, you know, they <clears throat> they know how to navigate the system. They, you know, you need you need those skills. They're just not, you know, you need hard skills as well. Uh, you have to be really good at your hard skills, but I totally agree. Like soft skills is very, very important. And one of the things my husband and I have done is we've put our kids in a play-based school <clears throat> and mm -hmm. it's not super academic. I mean, I take them to math everything over the weekend, but I, we've really compromised on how we want to raise our kids. And so they go to a play-based school where they're learning a lot of social skills. That's what we want. We want them to be very socially aware, socially well-adjusted, that they can go out into this That's world. Great and figure out how they want to navigate it, right? And they'll have all those skills. So like you said, it's very good to have it early on. That's very yeah, cool. Another <clears throat> last example of, uh, of uh, uh, cognitive uh, bias, which is really great. Um, it's one of our friends who told me that last week. Um, uh, um, uh, resource manager, a human resource manager wanted to hire a project manager. And uh, and she really wanted she would she would really rather hire a woman as a project manager. So because she knew that she was going to have of men uh, application, she wrote two different uh, classified job ads. The first one was for project manager, and the other one was for assistant project manager. And in fact, she received a lot of applications for the assistant project managers, project manager, and the the and most of them was women applying for being assistant project manager. So she received the women applying for assistant project manager, and she told them, so the project manager is the real offer, but you have applied to assistant project manager. Wouldn't you fit? into the, app, the project manager application, into the project manager role. And I think it was great because she did that trick to trick the con cognitive bias uh, that women have, the imposter syndrome that prevents them from applying to the project manager job application. Isn't it great? It's amazing. And I, you know, it, <clears throat> it breaks my heart to hear it. But it is the truth, and it's very unfortunate. It's and it's just the conditioning that we've gone through from our childhood. I think, I think it was really brilliant. Uh, women applying only for assistant project manager, but most of them were uh, really skilled to be really project manager. But they prevent themselves. They 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 really on their own. They have this imposter syndrome, which prevents themselves from applying to the project manager role. And but, but they had the skill to be project manager. So it was really awesome. And I think it was a really good trick to, to, to tackle with our uh, own biases. Yes. No, that's amazing. And, but I do want you know, to, people to know that it's just, every time we say women have imposter syndrome, it's really not the woman's fault because uh, there's so much responsibility that falls on parents and teachers, professors, coworkers, bosses media, society, community. I think a lot of this is responsible for women to have low confidence in themselves. And, you know, I wrote an article yeah, recently you know, as well on LinkedIn talking about just that. 
um, I, I want people to realize that they're part of this problem. Yeah, but you, you mentioned in your book, uh, correct me if, my, if I'm wrong, but I think you mentioned in your book that men are uh, judged uh, by um, by their their potential, mm -hmm. and women are judged by their results. Yes, and and they 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 are uh, um, often they're really harsh with themselves, and they they really judge themselves very uh, very strongly, very harshly, uh, roughly. You know, uh, they they. I think a woman, if she doesn't, if a woman doesn't check all the boxes, uh, she wouldn't apply to a job application. Mm -hmm. But a man, I think. Only maybe if if a man only matches uh, half of the of the of the skills, uh, it, it would definitely go. It would it would be more you know uh, bullish, and it will be it will it, it would dare applying to a job, uh, even though he would have only fifty to sixty percent of the skills on, on that specific job. And so um, I do that with my with my girlfriend. Uh, I, I try to also to help them to. Sometimes she said, uh, she, 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 she told me, oh, do you, feel, do, do you think I can do that or whatever? I said, well, you, you, you already did that, that thing, that experience. So you, you really check every box. So why wouldn't you apply to that job? Why would it be, wouldn't you be great for that job? You know, so it's this lack of confidence in themselves, uh, which should really, we really should struggle with that term. And try to empower women because we are definitely surrounded by so many talented women that that they are like stars which need only to be put in the sky. I think that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's very cool. Um, and I I wanted to go back to that thing you talked about is uh, you know you had an awakening after reading the book. One of the things I struggled with when I was publishing my book was everyone asked me, who's your target audience? And I kept saying men and women. And everyone would say, are you crazy? Why would men want to read your book? And I'm like, men should read my book because they need to become aware of their biases. Like you said, men, they're, you know, men are good people. We're all good people. It's just that we're not aware. And when you're aware, then you're like, aha, you know, oh, then you can start changing your behavior and things like that. So I was curious, how did you even pick up my book? Like, where did you uh, find out about it? How did you pick up this book that actually helped you? And I'm glad it did. I think I think uh, I think I'm I think I saw it into a, a product hunt, which is a platform where you where, where you check uh, new early adopters uh, technology and products. It's a Ryan Hoover uh, website, and now it's part of Angeli. And uh, I think there the, the, the were there was a, um, a a book list. Uh, uh, another one that I want to read is uh, the power of introverts, uh, mm -hmm. because when you're a woman, and when and and above all when you're an introvert woman, I think that things are should be incredibly difficult. So uh, I really uh, sometimes I'm I face uh, other people who are introverts, and I. I think to myself that I would need some keys to be able to have a, a good communication communication with uh, introverts. So I, I think I, I, I pick up your book in a list of um, startup-related books and psychology-related books. And I, I thought to myself, um, and then I read the reviews on Amazon and et cetera, and I, I told myself it would be great to read that. 
um, because it would put me in the position of those women struggling with difficulties into their professional life or into their personal life. And the thing is that men should be aware that um, taking this new reality or this awakening, as I told you, uh, I, I think it's like a kind of awakening because I think I was completely, I, I feel like men are uh, asleep. Uh, they are not seeing the real reality that women are struggling with on a daily basis. And so they should be awake. They should, they should really should be awake. And, and they should understand that uh, it would make them being better men. Uh, it would make them being better managers, better colleagues, better co-workers. Um, so they really need to be aware, aware of this new reality, of the real reality they're living into, and, and, and be not just a good colleague with other men, other dudes, but be a good colleague with women, be a good manager with women, uh, have an inclusive way of talking, of treating people into the professional life. It's, it's just a question of, of, of getting a better version of yourself. And I really understood that. And, and as a CEO of a young startup, I really need to um, come on board people aligned with this culture fit, with those values that uh, humans are central into our business model, that our clients, our consultants, our candidates, the people that we meet every day are the, the, the center of our business model. And we really need to treat them the best that we could. And, and treating them the best that we could uh, involve getting a better version of yourself, trying to improve, trying to learn when you do mistakes because everyone does mistakes. And, and that, that's it. I think, uh, I think I, I, I definitely, after reading your book, I think I feel myself like a better, better version of myself after reading your book. And I thank you very much for that. Thank you, Per. That means a lot, especially coming from, you know, a guy, a man. This is That means a lot because it means that, uh, you know, we've included you in the conversation, which which is something that I've been wanting to do. And the other thing I was thinking about is on my podcast, I have a majority of majority of my guests are women. And I thought to myself, how can I get to 50-50 without having men on my podcast? <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that, that's pretty it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real problem because let's let's be clear um, men are at the top position of every company they're cxx they're the leaders they're historically they've been the leaders for the last 50 to 70 years uh, so um, ceo are men uh, cxx are men etc cetera, etc cetera. so executives are men so they're in a position of power so when you are in a position of leaders of power, um, it's difficult for them to be uh, to be receptive to this new way of thinking that women could succeed and women talented women are surrounding them every day because they feel like they will lose their power. They feel like they will lose their position, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they're really wrong. They're really, really wrong because let's take an example, a CEO surrounded with on, on their board with 
uh, a half a dozen of men, just reduce the half dozen of men and just hire three talented women, uh, hiring three talented women and make an equal three and three in your board. And you will see that the, the discussion, the decisions, the strategic involvement in the company, the, 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 all the choices that the board is going to take will be, will be definitely more uh, interesting, more accurate, more subtle, because you will have a balance and an equality between men and women, and that's what makes a society thriving or not. Because if all your business model is taught by white men, uh, you're going to have a problem, whether it's in one year, five years. Uh, we, are, we are already facing troubles with AI, which is majoritarily, which is mostly uh, developed by white men. That, that is the way we have uh, AI, which is completely biased and completely fucked up in a way. So we really need to have more women in tech and more women in executive position because it will simply uh, have more thriving and more performant companies. And it will also be a better environment in terms of uh, uh, a working environment. It will be, uh, it will, it will be better in every uh, metrics. It will be better in every metrics. So that's wrong. Uh, it's so, it, it makes also part of their own reality, which is wrong, which is I'm going to lose some power or I may put myself because I may uh, hire women uh, who would be better than me. Well, that's not a problem because you can hire men who would be better than you and you, would, you wouldn't do a problem with that. So we really need to, to really have a, this awakening but uh, on a more um, order of magnitude uh, and, a, and a bigger way, because uh, I, I do have this kind of awakening, but I try to be uh, to be an advocate or an ally, as you said. But uh, it's really difficult when you're, for the as example, the eighth eighth March on the the Women Day uh, this year. Uh, I, I, I was at a conference. Uh, talking about um, women in tech, et cetera, et cetera. And within the audience, uh, there were only three men out of 50 women. So, so that's really, it's, it's completely crazy. It's really nuts to have those figures. Um, so maybe I can take your book, the book in my, my bookshelf, and, and, and do a small game and, and, and lend it to one of my friends, male, and, and, and ask, ask him to read it and then to pass it along to another man, et cetera, et cetera. But we really need to do, to do that. We really need to have more men involved in that uh, movement, society movement. Very interesting. And um, yeah, and you know, just hearing your mother's story, a lot of women who are so dependent on their husbands that when you know, they get a divorce, these women have yeah, of to course. come back and try to survive in this world and they don't have the right skills they don't have the support it is a very very terrifying place to be and i think as parents uh, you know we really need to make sure that our daughters 
are supported in such a way that you know their only goal in life is not to get married so they're dependent on some yeah. person to support them definitely definitely um definitely this pattern of uh women to get married and whatever stuff and i think uh young girls uh really have to do studies and and to higher education and to get work because their work and their professional career experiences is the way of being free and the way of um being able to sustain and financial sustain uh, so we really need to fight against these patterns should should this pattern still exist but i as i told you um it's still it's still we do still have those kind of patterns into the unconscious of lots of people so we really need, it's 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 one of the biases that we are talking about this is one of the biases that we are talking about so we really need to fight against that and uh, and have a woman financially sustainable and also it will loop on your last question about the housework etc because obviously because women are working women uh, and it's it's not uncommon when you have a, a man and a woman uh, a couple that they are both working and the thing is that uh, we have this problem with the housework at home that a lot of men are not doing their own part of the housework that is to say the woman has a double pain you know she's guilty twice because first of all she works hard uh, to sustain she has a professional career but when she gets back home then she she does maybe two-thirds or three-fourths 75 percent of the housework then you see that it's also another bias that is we, sh- we should struggle yeah so i want to actually you know talk about a little bit of housework we've talked about that um what are the like three tangible things men can do today to change the landscape for women what do you well, think those are the the the, the, the first the, the first advice i would give to to men but maybe i would give to women is to enroll their their husbands or their boyfriend into into um into a lesson about how the washing machine is working because i succeeded in learning that thing and it's not that bad it's not that difficult you know you have now very good tutorials about how to to work and to manage the washing machine and so i'm joking but uh i'm joking but not 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 as joking as the, as, as that because if you think about it, uh, it's just like men are lazy and sh- they should be kicked out from the sofa and they should just like do the laundry, do the washing machine, the dishwashing, the, uh, take your, take your uh, whatever, clean, clean the soil, etc., etc. And so uh, we really need to, to think that um you should take part of uh of 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 how the work the house is working you should you should have your 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 own piece of of crap and chores to do you said chores right and and because um because it's really important 
because you cannot just sit in the sofa, watch a Super Bowl, and drink a beer, and <laughs> as your as your as your as your as your um, your wife uh, or your girlfriend is uh, is doing the washing machine or is just like folding the laundry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So <laughs> I know we I dated a, I dated have... one of those guys and I didn't marry them, thankfully. Yeah, I think it's 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 uh it's during the weekend. It's just like it's just not only men free time. It shouldn't be men free time. The weekend you have all lots of crappy things to do. Uh, going to do the the errands and the groceries, the laundries, washing machine, cleaning up, like um like ordering all the stuff that is getting into your house before it's like getting a clut like a clutter you know uh so we we really need to take those tasks as maybe like 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 professional we really need to take part of whatever the housework um in uh unless you want you want to to fuck up your couple or you want to your your girlfriend or your wife wife to live just because uh because it's just not normal in 2019 to have men uh, who are not participating actively into doing the housework. Um, I, I, I cannot imagine that, and, and, but probably I'm, I'm really wrong. I think a lot of men are not participating enough. And uh, maybe an advice I, can, I could give to, to, to a woman would be just let it alone. I, I mean, he's not doing anything. He's not partic- participating enough. So just leave uh, the kitchen as it is and, and see where it goes. <laughs> That's great advice. Thank you so much, uh, Per. It's such a pleasure to have you. And uh, I really want to thank you for being such a male ally to women and uh, supporting me and my work. Thank you very much, uh, Pratima. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. So honored. Thank you, Perry. Thanks for listening to Getting to 5050. If you enjoyed the show, spread the word by visiting www.pratimaraugluckman.com. After listening to the podcast, I hope you feel empowered to make a difference in your organization and communities. You have the power to change the world. Thanks again and see you next time.